The Minnesota Wild find themselves back in the hunt in the NHL Central Division. Meanwhile, the New Jersey Devils have bounced back from their December swoon to compete. And the Carolina Hurricanes are red hot, having won five in a row. We've got those stories and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. It is my pleasure now to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Wild, Seth Tupel. And Seth, the, the Central Division may be the tightest right now in the NHL. And anytime you think the Wild are kind of falling back, they seem to get right back into it. How would you describe the team's prospects as we head closer to the All-Star break and the trade deadline? Well, it's so funny because even a week ago, coming off of that East Coast road trip in which the Wild went one and three, they won the first game against the Washington Capitals and then lost the final three games. I was uh, not as confident in the prospects of this team being in the top three in the division as I was them fighting for a wild card spot. And what's happened since the Wild won both of their final games before the break at home. And Dallas and Winnipeg have both lost three in a row. So now the Wild find themselves five points behind Winnipeg with three games in hand. They're eight points back of Dallas. They also have three games in hand on the uh, the Stars as well. But it just goes to show you that this year has been, if anything, completely unpredictable. Uh, the Wilds you know, have been struggling at points this year to score goals. And then all of a sudden they go out and they put together one of their best games of the season against one of the best offensive teams in the NHL, the Buffalo Sabres. And so for this team, I'll put it this way. If this team plays smart, physical hockey and is able to capitalize on opportunities such as on the power play and they're able to squeak out an even strength goal here or there, they're going to be fine because defensively, what they have been able to do to uh, various teams throughout this year is great. You've got Marc-Andre Fleury getting into a nice rhythm here uh, with the uh, the last few starts that he's had, even though a couple of them were losses. Still kept the team in those games, and then he has that great performance against the Sabres. So you've got two goalies you can rely on. You've got Kirill Kaprizov, which is always a nice thing to have, and uh, Matt Boldy over the, uh, the last few games since he signed his uh, contract extension. I believe he has uh, four goals in like six games since. So Matt Boldy heating up as well. And that is a that's the recipe for this team to be able to uh, to find their way into the playoffs. It's just to be physical, be smart and uh, ride those goalies. You talked about five on five goals. I, I mean, this is a team with a top 10 power play, but just 22nd in the league in goals scored. 
how do they address the need for more five on five scoring right now? You know, it's it's interesting because obviously losing Kevin Fiala to the Kings in the offseason, you figured that the offense was going to take a step back. But you've had so many guys that have regressed substantially. You've got Marcus Foligno, who was a 20 plus goal scorer last year. Uh, I believe he has three goals this year. Ryan Hartman has not produced at the same level that he produced at last year. But we're starting to see some signs of other guys stepping up to fill some of that production. You got Boldy, who is heating up, as I mentioned. Uh, obviously, Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello having outstanding seasons again. Jared Spurgeon, nine goals for the Wild uh, here this season. So he obviously has been a huge impact. We're starting to see some different line combinations against the Buffalo Sabres. The Wild put Marcus Foligno on a line with Freddie Goudreau and Matt Boldy, which allows those two in Foligno and Goudreau to do more of the dirty work along the boards. And Matt Boldy is going to be the guy taking the shots for that line. If this if that combination continues past just this game against Buffalo, Matt Boldy is the unquestioned guy that's shooting on that line, which is perfect for him. And um, I think this team is going to ride those guys. Will they make an addition at the deadline? Remains to be seen, but I think it's it's pretty clear if there is an upgrade for the Wild, it is definitely going to be on the offensive side of the puck. And what do you think they would be willing to give up in order to get that upgrade? And 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 what kind of player specifically are they looking to add? You know, the one that I think has been most the the most commonly looked at is Bo Horvat. Obviously, you're you're looking at a team that needs a top six guy uh, to uh, to step in and to help this team out. And just with kind of how the center position is playing out for the Wild currently. You'd probably like it to be a center, but Bill Guerin, some of his comments recently have seemed to shift towards if this team needs a rental for this year, he's fine with paying a price to get somebody. An intriguing name, and I'm going to have to do a little digging on this because um, not only do the Wilds want to bring somebody in to help with that scoring, but it seems like they got a couple of guys that they would be willing to move laterally in either the deal or a secondary deal. Matt Dumba's name comes up most frequently there. An interesting name that I saw pop up that the Wilds could potentially look at, depending on what happens with Dumba, is Sam Bennett from the Florida Panthers. And the Panthers continue to kind of teeter right on the edge of wildcard contention. So is that a route that they maybe go? Potentially, but um, you've got guys like Matt Dumba. It's starting to seem like Jordan Greenway may be moved at the deadline because he is kind of his play just has not really been that inspiring over the uh, the last couple of weeks. And so the team may look to move on from him. But it's going to be fascinating because we may see some of those lateral moves first to which people will say, "Uh oh, looks like the Wilder taking a step back. And then all of a sudden, Bill Guerin goes out and takes a huge swing. That sort of a, a situation at the deadline would not surprise me at all. Give me one player who may not be making headlines nationally, but who has really quietly contributed to this team's success this year. That's an easy answer for me. It's Jewel Eriksson. He continues to be just a monster 
on the power play. And it's easy for him to be the guy right around the net that corrals the rebounds, hammers the puck home on any that bounce away from the goalie. But he just he's so good defensively uh, and has consistently been able to add to his his offensive game that a couple of years ago when he signed his extension with the Wild, you maybe thought, is, is this a little too much money for a guy that's more of a, a defensive center? And he has increased his goals production every single season since he signed that deal. He is uh, on pace to be right around a 30-goal scorer, which for this team with without uh, Fiala's services this year, that's huge to get that type of production for that guy. He's one of the quiet leaders on this team. And so it it's pretty easy for me to say that, that Jewel Erickson Eck just flies so under the radar with what he does and is is helping this team on both sides of the ice, and it's sorely needed. Seth, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? You can find Locked on Wild on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Just search Locked on Wild. You can find us on social media. You can find us on YouTube. And uh, we're going to be taking a deep dive into what this team needs to do post all-star break to really solidify their position in the playoff push. You can also follow me on Twitter at uh, Seth T O U P S on uh, Twitter to uh, see my, my takes on a wide range of subjects uh, from Minnesota sports to really anything. All right, Seth, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted one product that would take care of all my health and nutritional needs. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Well, we're talking New Jersey Devils. That means we bring in the host of Locked On Devils, Trey Matthews and Trey, great to have you back on the show and things looking up again for the Devils after a little bump in the road in December. Yeah, thanks for having me, Gil. I, I just want to say uh, one thing. Uh, when I was announcing the Erie Otters game, um, they had this player on, on the team named uh, his last name was Gil Martin. Like, so I, I know your first name is Gil and your last name is Martin, but his last name was Gil Martin. So I just wanted to put that out there. But yeah, things are good. Um, during my time as a part-time uh, credentialed media member, I wish the Devils would have won more games. They only won one game, and then they sent one into a, a shootout loss. But, uh, you know, I can't complain. It, it was definitely a rough December, but that 13-game win streak really uh, saved uh, the Devils' season. 
yeah, got, got him off to a great start, gave them a little bit of a cushion. Wanted to ask you about Jack Hughes, already past the 30-goal mark, 33 goals in 49 games. How good is he, and, and is there yet another level that he could take his game to? I think Jack Hughes really started to step up his game late November when he got that hat trick against the Washington Capitals. This this kid is the truth, and that's why – and I, I can't describe it any other way. He's amazing, and um, the, the overall narrative is that he's sort of having a Taylor Hall type of year, and if it wasn't for Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, he would definitely be the front runner to win the Hart Memorial Trophy. You could still make a case for him, but he just had an OT game winner against the Dallas Stars recently. He was uh, the, the really the only consistent player during the month of December in which the Devils were struggling. Uh, he and uh, also I'll I'll put in Nico Heischer in that in that regard as well. But yeah, Jack Hughes has just been um, the franchise piece for the Devils. Like early on in the season, we 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 saw him like hovering around point per game kind of player, but we knew he could take it to another level because we were just like if he played in more games last year, he he would be he would have been the first Devils player in history to eclipse a uh, hundred points in a season something that Patrick Eliash hasn't accomplished, something that Taylor Hall hasn't accomplished. But for Jack Hughes, he can definitely take it to another level. And he, he's he's definitely our MVP. And uh, it, like I said, if it wasn't for that two-headed monster out in Edmonton, Jack Hughes would uh, probably be the front runner to or the favorite to win the Hart Memorial Trophy. Now, barring anything, um, you know, barring anything happening to Conor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, we'll see what happens. Talk to me about the impact that Vitek Vanacek has had on this team this year. You know what? Uh, my overall thing for Vitek Vanacek, I said this when we first obtained him, was that he's good in the regular season. Like, But the problem was, come postseason for the Washington Capitals, he completely crashed and burned. And unfortunately, you do seal your legacy in the playoffs. So I think that's what Capitals fans remember him by. They, I'm sure they still remember uh, his uh, very solid regular season performance. But at the end of the day, it's just like come playoff times when you don't perform, that's what people are going to have in their mind. So the fact that we got Vitek Vanacek during uh, the NHL draft and we were we traded away a few picks and now and now he's essentially our starting goalie. Vitek Vanacek has been everything and more that the Devils faithful could could ask for because the last few years we've been looking for a suitable backup, but Vitek Vanacek has exceeded that. He's our go-to guy. He's on a lengthy win streak. And quite honestly, you could make a case for him to win the Vesna as well. I know I sound crazy, but will he win it? Absolutely not. It would be the most out-of-left-field winner in recent memory. But if he continues to have this good year and then come next year he repeats it, then I think you could give him a legitimate case to actually win the Vesna Trophy and maybe not be like a top five or a top ten kind of player but Vitek Vanacek has been phenomenal he's uh kept the New Jersey Devils in games for uh, for a lot of our wins like he makes great great a save after great a save after great a, a save he comes up clutch and overall Vitek Vanacek he's he's just been amazing and one of the x factors going into the season for Devils was uh goaltending and uh could could it uh withstand consistently and we thought Mackenzie Blackwood would be our go-to guy but when Blackwood went down with that MCL uh, sprain uh, earlier this year, Vitek Vancheck really stepped up to the plate. And ever since then, he's been he's been solid in between the pipes for the Devils. Trade deadline is rapidly approaching. We're, what, about five weeks away, give or take. 
the Devils, a lot of rumors going around that they will be active. What are you hearing and what would you like to see? Okay, so I've been let down before, so I'm trying to keep my expectations somewhat conservative. But the main piece that I'm sure the Devils uh, are trying to obtain is Timo Meyer. And this is something that's been talked about since uh, last spring, which is could the Devils obtain Timo Meyer? Now, here's the thing. It's not going to be as cut and dry as people say it's going to be because here's one factor you have to consider, and it's a big factor. It's Jesper Bratt and his overall contract. He's only signed for this season. And then come free agency, he's going to be a restricted free agent. So that makes it a little easier. But remember, the, the ultimate goal is to re-sign Jesper Bratt long-term, similar to Dougie Hamilton, similar to Jack Hughes, similar to Nico Heischer, because he's a vital component of this team. Now, is it possible that the New Jersey Devils can obtain Timo Meyer, Meyer sign long-term and Jesper Bratt sign long-term? Yes, but it's not as cut and dry as people say it's going to be. There's going to have to be a third team involved to try to get some pieces off the table. So in my eyes, I think you got to get Mackenzie Blackwood off the table because he's set to become a uh, restricted free agent. Then you got Damon Severson. He's going to demand uh, a decent amount of money. And unfortunately that money could be put to use somewhere else. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Miles Wood has been struggling mightily the last month or so. So could Miles Wood also be factored in? Alexander Holtz, he's a great player, but at the same time, it's just like if we're talking about Timo Meyer here, you might have to include him in, in a package. I'm sure that's what the Sharks are going to demand. They're going to demand a high-end prospect, and Alexander Holtz has struggled in the NHL, but he's lights out in AHL, so he's he's definitely still has that untapped potential. So the overall thing is I would love to get someone like Timo Meyer. I think it's definitely doable, and whether or not the – and Jesper Bratt is eligible to sign his extension because – he was eligible to do it um, come New Year's Day, but it hasn't happened yet. I think he and his camp are going to wait until the offseason. So that's my overall thing. What is Jesper Bratt going to demand? I think it's going to be anywhere north of $6 million, some, somewhere in that ballpark. So that's something you have to factor in. So uh, while the Devils, it is plausible for them to get Timo Meyer, there's still some other factors that they have to consider. And you do have to ask that overall question, which is if we get Timo Meyer now, do we run the risk of losing Jesper Bratt? So that's my overall thing. So I, I, I would love to get Timo Meyer. I think he would be a great, um, a great addition, especially on the line of Nico Heischer, because he and Nico Heischer represent the same country. So we would get like the Swiss cheese um, a line combination or something like that. But also the one thing I want Devils fans to remember is don't sleep on uh, what's going on in Vancouver because their struggles can actually work better for us. Now we talked, uh, me and my um, associate, he goes by name, Jersey Joe. We talked about maybe getting Andre Kuzmenko added to the roster, but he just signed his extension. So he's probably off the table. Quinn Hughes. It would be a great marketing tac tactic because you got Luke Hughes at the university of Michigan. And yes, he is good people. Don't, don't, don't let someone on Twitter <laughs> fool you. He is really, really, really good. So Luke Hughes at the University of Michigan just scored four goals. Um, and then you got Jack Hughes. Obviously, we talked about top five uh, Hart Memorial Trophy finalists maybe this year. And then you get their brother, Quinn. So you got all three Hughes brothers. But I think that would be more of a marketing tactic than uh, an actual need standpoint. But uh, I think they could aim for someone maybe like Brock Besser. I think that's doable because Brock Besser has been in the rumor mill before for the Devils. 
I remember talking about it last year. He's injury prone. His value has gone down. I don't think he's worth a first round uh, selection anymore. So I think you could go after someone like Brock Besser, um, uh, Bo Horvat. Uh, I, I I personally just don't see him fitting in anywhere because we already got two uh, starting centers and Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes. So where would you slide him? Do you want to put him at a winger position and have him play out of uh, his, his uh, regular position? We already got our captain. That's Nico Heischer. He wouldn't have a letter on the sweater. So I just think that's, that looks good on paper, but overall, uh, those four players I just listed from the Vancouver Canucks or, or three now um, are doable as well, but it's just a matter of like, how do we approach it? So I think the realistic thing for the devils is to go after Brock Besser. And I think he would be a good addition on our third line because that's something the devils have been struggling this year because their top line, Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes, their lines are, you know, always good. You know, Jack Hughes knows how to lead a team. Nico Heischer, same way, great two-way player. Then the BMW line, they just got reunited because Nathan Bashan is back from injury. Maybe wait for them to get going just a little bit more. They've been struggling the last few games. And then that third line has always been somewhat of a struggle. So trying to get the most out of Dawson Mercer. Yegor Sharangovich is there. Sometimes he's not. Jesper Boquist, solid on defense. Wish we could get more offensive production from him. But I think adding Brock Besser to that third line could pack a bigger punch for the Devils. Will be interesting to see how it plays out. Trey, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? You can find uh, the show at Locked On Devils, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcast from. You can also watch it on YouTube. You can follow me at Trey Matt Four T R E Y M A T T and the number four. And uh, yeah, just uh, find Locked On Devils wherever you get your podcast from. All right, Trey. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Gil. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to... $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We are here today to talk about the red hot Carolina Hurricanes. And so it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Hurricanes, Jared Ellis. And Jared, five in a row, what to you has been the biggest single factor in the team's recent winning streak? Yeah, like we were talking about uh, before, you know, we even started recording. Time flies by, blinking my eye. It's five games now, uh, and the the thing that's working for the Hurricanes right now is that everyone's pitching in. You know, with Max Pacioretty going down, you know, we loved having him. You know, for the brief time he was here before he got hurt again, but you know, everyone's pitching in. It's not just a couple guys here and there, you know, doing it. Everyone is chipping in and you know thing at the beginning of the season when the hurricanes were having some issues jordan stall said no passengers 
and you know no one just sitting sitting back you know just being along for the ride that's not the case right now everyone is stepping up and getting the job done when frederick anderson was out for a little bit you had uh auntie ranta and Pyotr kachekov stepping up getting the job done and that's what's really helping the hurricanes right now it's a full complete team game right now and you know tonight against the bruins you know jordan stall you know talking about him a second ago he highlight real goal seth jarvis as well uh and you know that's what's working for the hurricanes right now they're playing as a team and it's gonna be really fun to watch them keep this streak going see if they can beat theirs from earlier in the season you know like we said time goes by in the blink of an eye before we know it they could be beating that streak from earlier in the year how big was it for this team to defeat the Bruins earlier on Sunday? I mean, you know, the team with the best record in hockey, it's got to be a confidence booster. Oh, abso-freaking-lutely, Gil. Uh, you know, total confidence booster, you know, with the injuries they're dealing with right now. Because not only are they out, you know, max pass radio their remainder of the year, they've been without their best defenseman for a few games now. Jacob Slavin's been out, and he's not a guy that misses a lot of time. And they're having wins like that. It was four to one uh, was the final score for that Bruins game. And it was a dominant four to one win. They really, you know, going into that game, I think a lot of people expect a real back and forth, real close game, you know, two of the best teams in the NHL going at it. And that was not the case. This looked like uh, last regular season when the Hurricanes swept them in the regular season. And, I think it's a real confidence boost. They're like, oh, heck yeah, you know, we can go out there, yeah, beat the Bruins, beat the brakes off of them. And I think that really helps their confidence. And especially these guys that have been around since that conference final run where they got swept by the Bruins. I remember talking about that with you and some other folks last last season about that, uh, that mental aspect where they used to get bullied by the Bruins. They're the ones bullying the Bruins now. And I saw this uh, stat on shortly before I left work tonight uh, when I was scrolling through Twitter. Uh, the Bruins have not won inside PNC Arena since May 2019, back in wow. that conference final. Very impressive. And, and like you said, a big confidence-boosting win. What? Uh, talk to me a little bit about the goaltending, because right now it's like they're three deep organizationally that all three goaltenders who have played a lot this year have played well. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's a great problem to have. Uh, and, you know, as compared to where the hurricanes, you know, been five, 10 years ago, you would kill for something like this. And, you know, it's a testament to the front office uh, of the depth of an organization they built here in the NHL. And then, the AHL as well, uh, bringing quality guys in and doing their research and getting things the way they need to be done. Frederick Anderson, yeah, he missed a significant amount of time this year. Had a Vesna caliber season last year. Had he not gotten hurt when he did, he probably would have been a finalist for that. Antti Ranta, yeah, he stepped up in Freddie's absence. Pyotr Kochekov taking the Hurricanes fan base and the league by storm with just how good he was. Uh, during his stint in the NHL uh, this season. And you know we'll see him back because inevitably something's going to happen. And with how good 
he had been, you imagine, all right, you know, when it gets time to get close to the playoffs, maybe they call him up for a game or two, uh, get him a little bit worn back up, you know, for a playoff run. So he's not coming in cold, but you know, it, it's a great problem to have Gil. It, it really is. And it's a testament to just the smarts uh, up there in the offices. You're talking a little bit about the smarts of the front office. What do you see them looking for as we get closer to the trade deadline? I would assume secondary scoring would be part of the equation. Yeah, I was literally talking with this uh, with Dane from Locked on Stars the other day. Our conversation just took a turn to that. Uh, but it's something that I hadn't really given a whole lot of thought, to be completely honest, because with Pacioretty coming back in the fold, you know, the original timetable for him coming back was going to be right around trade deadline time. And he was would essentially be that trade deadline pickup, you know, that salary coming on. Came back a little bit beforehand. It was great, you know, while he was here, but, you know, tore his Achilles again. So now we're going to have, I think, about $9 million or so in cap space at the trade deadline to play with. And that's not something I was anticipating. And you know, I agree with you. I imagine secondary scoring would be who they or what they go for, but who they go for. I have no idea because I was not expecting to have this much cap space. It would really be, I'd really have to do some research and look into guys that are on potentially on the trade block for teams and seeing what the hurricanes could work out. Um, I imagine it'd probably be a rental. Uh, I don't see them, you know, making any sort of long-term pickup. I, I mean, unless they're able to work something out, you know, you never know. Uh, it could change day to day. You know, by the time you know we get done recording, they could be on the phone with someone, you know, getting a trade done and an extension. I, you never know. Um, but I would imagine it'd be uh, secondary scoring in some form or fashion concerning that was Pacioretty's role. That was, was why he was brought in with replacing United Niederreiter. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, it'll be interesting. Why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast, where they could find you on social media, if they want to keep track of the Hurricanes for the rest of the season. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore hurricanes. And you can find the show on YouTube at locked on hurricanes and on streaming wherever you get your podcast. It's going to be wherever you're listening to this one right now. All right, Jared, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Always a pleasure, Gil. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank Seth Tuple of Locked On Wild, Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils, and Jared Ellis of Locked On Hurricanes for joining us today. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday with the biggest stories from around the NHL, and I co-host the Friday edition of Locked On NHL along with Rachel Donner. Remember, we're here every Monday through Friday bringing you the best stories from around the world of hockey. Have a great day, everybody, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.